0: Welcome to the UK Consult. This podcast is our occasional ramble through all things to do with citizen engagement and public participation in the UK. It is the home of public participation goodness, with a particular focus on good practice examples of online engagement and special guests and features from around the globe. Hello and welcome to the UK Consult, our occasional ramble through all things to do with public consultation and community engagement in the UK and further afield. Today is kind of a strange one, actually, because we don't have a special guest and there is no one in the virtual studio but myself. So I am all alone. Just to prove that, you can listen to the sound of silence. Yes, it's just me. All alone on the uk consult we have got a few guest lines up and a few things we want to do in the future but we thought that this time around we'd do something different and i'd just have a go on my own your feedback always listeners is welcome what i want to talk about today in particular is blended engagement or blended public consultation we wrote a blog post about it recently, it's had a lot of interest, and it's also a topic that seems to be coming up time and time again in these post-lockdown times, or a phrase I heard recently was peri-COVID, so look that one up if you want to, peri-COVID. So as we come out of our lockdown, and we look forward to more face-to-face engagement or face-to-face meetings or face-to-face dialogue methods in the next few months and years, hopefully, we're talking more about blended engagement. So what we mean by that is something along the lines of the fact that during the worst parts of COVID and lockdown and all the rest of it, many people switch to online methods of involving the public, of doing public consultation because they had to. And now that sort of approach is going to stick. And we're looking at probably thinking more digital first than we ever have before. And that will mean that a blended approach will involve thinking about Doing online aspects mainly and then integrating face-to-face methods into that. So it's kind of a new balance, if you like, by comparison with how we might have done things before we switched over to doing so many things online. It's a bit like hybrid working, I guess, when it comes to the whole debate about returning to the office or working from home. We've learned a lot about working differently. And I think we've probably learned a lot about doing public consultation differently. So we're faced with this concept of blended engagement. And uh, lots of people are talking about this subject now, hearing people talk about things like, what what was this example I saw something around? Will a blend of virtual and in-person consultation pass adequacy tests, lessons learned from COVID-19 and the transition to digital consultation, making consultation content accessible in different formats and preventing digital elitism? So it's actually quite a fascinating time to see how we all respond to this requirement to reintegrate face-to-face. Maybe that's the right phrase. Not sure. Anyway, distracted there, reading other things off the internet. So in our blog that we wrote recently, we came up with seven sort of key ingredients, if you like, of a blended public consultation. So I thought I'd run through those for people that haven't read it. And also podcasts are meant to do different things, aren't they, do versus the written word especially in terms of how people consume podcasts. They tend to listen to them while they do other things and it gets stuck in your brain and your mind differently. So there's nothing wrong with sort of revisiting what we've written and transforming it into our blog post here, a blog post, podcast here. So here goes. So number one is mixed dialogue methods. Any kind of blended consultation will involve both traditional methods public meetings, workshops, and so on. But now they should also include a range of online techniques as well. Online dialogue methods, as we might call them. So we should expect to see a good consultation, include online forums, online mapping tools, ideation, etc. And then we should also expect them to include the face-to-face aspects as well. What doesn't constitute a blended approach to public consultation is to do the face-to-face aspects like we always have done, and then just an online survey. We've learned that there's a lot more to, to decent engagement than just an online survey. So switching to a blended approach does not mean that you can just do your face-to-face engagement and then bolt on an online survey. We have to carry on doing the things we've learned during the last year or so, make sure that we provide various ways of participating online. So that's the first one. That's making sure we have mixed dialogue methods. The other aspect of a blended consultation is that we have more continuous conversation. So when people do come along to a public meeting or they take part in a focus group or something like that Then they're never left just feeling that that's the end of it there should always be a place where they can go afterwards visit your online consultation platform and carry on the conversation so this could happen before people meet up after they meet up between various events that might happen during a public consultation but there should be that continuity and engagement between face-to-face and online aspects. And also if people register before they come along to an exhibition or before they come along to a public meeting, then they can actually read up about certain issues, ask questions of various experts, talk to other community members. So this whole blended concept means that engagement can be more sticky, more continuous, and also people can dip in and dip out of it. So there's a lot more of a continuous conversation rather than a one-time event, if you like. The third part of any blended approach is going to probably involve the use of online public meetings. Now... Anyone who's worked in the public engagement, public consultation, community engagement, whatever we choose to call it, anybody who's worked in this sphere for, for a few years, for many years, will know that public meetings are very, very hard to get right. And they quite often leave everybody in the room frustrated. They're the managers and the people there to meet the consultees and those deliver, and the actual consultees themselves can feel quite frustrated by the ability to actually meaningfully participate in these sorts of events. So what we'd like to see as part of the blended approach which is better online meetings. Online meetings provide a better experience than their face-to-face versions. And also if people might expect to be able to watch the public meeting, that it'll be recorded and they can contribute another way if they weren't able to be there. So not seeing those public meetings as the only chance to participate. So they'll be recorded, they'll be put on your online platform and then people can contribute. So I think a different approach to online public meetings Different approach to public meetings will be required in this in the world of blended engagement. The fourth thing to think about is the use of asynchronous and synchronous engagement and that the two together can lead to better public consultation. So in a world that was primarily dominated by offline or face-to-face participation, people had to attend an event at a certain time and a place. So that was what we probably mean by synchronous engagement, or what we do mean by that. But however, when we actually go online, This isn't necessarily required. And in an asynchronous approach, people can dip in and dip out at their own pace from a living room while they're on a commute, whatever they're up to, they can actually dip in and dip out of a conversation, get up to date with the most recent comments and then contribute, read the most recent information, watch the most recent video. They don't need to be ever present all at the same time. So these asynchronous methods become more and more important. They can make consultation more accessible, more convenient, and they're actually more reflective of how people live their lives today. However, there will be occasions when we do need people to be in the same place at the same time, and that is okay too. But I don't think that that has to be a condition of good consultation anymore, like maybe it used to be. The fifth element or ingredient that we've talked about is digital stakeholder outreach. We can build really beautiful websites and really beautiful projects online for people to come along, take part, get involved, have discussions with each other. But we can't guarantee that people will turn up and we can't guarantee that the right people will turn up. And and the right people doesn't mean the people that agree with our points of view. It means that we've got a good mix, that the key stakeholders are involved, people most affected by a project are involved, people who can help all those sorts of things. People won't participate unless they actually know that it's happening and that they're actually invited to participate, so on and so forth. So it's really important that we do our digital stakeholder outreach, that we contact people, that we encourage them to keep coming back. So the use of that stakeholder mapping to understand who and how to involve people, to implement sophisticated email campaigns, use participant databases, notifications, newsletters, social media, et cetera, all to increase engagement rates becomes a really important part of our blended approach to public consultation. So that's probably an area of increased emphasis, how to use digital engagement techniques to get people along and to get them involved. Another aspect that's important is obviously making the public consultation accessible. So we have to be really mindful about digital inclusion and digital exclusion make sure that what we do adheres to things like website and mobile app accessibility regulations, but also be mindful of digital poverty by understanding that we need to cater for various types of online experiences, various people's different capabilities to download a lot of data, how they use the internet, etc., so we also need to incorporate that entire approach. But we also need to remember that doing things online can also help make approach more inclusive because it's asynchronous, it fits around busy people's lifestyles, and it doesn't require people to attend face-to-face meetings, which in itself can be very inclusive because the vast majority of people don't like speaking up in public. They, have, they suffer from glossophobia and they're not keen to actually speak up in public. So there's a big part of an online approach, which is actually more inclusive, which encourages people to participate. So we must bear that in mind at the same time as well. We've also got, finally, this is the last one, we've also got to consider the fact that we're creating safe places for public discussion. So historically, historically, it sounds like it was a long time ago, most of the time face-to-face conversations would have been hosted in safe places for public debate. You'd invite people to a community centre, You'd ask them to get on board your consultation bus, consultation caravan. We'd create these environments where people feel that it was safe to chat with us, have their contribution, etc. People would often sign in. There'd be facilitators on hand to help the conversation. There'd be the rules of participation and all of those sorts of things. Well, in a world where more things are done online, these things still need to be done people need to understand that these online environments are there for people to participate in publicly managed platforms for participating in public consultations. So it's not social media, there's moderation policies, there's the rules of engagement, people should register before they participate so that we have authenticated participation, so that we're able to look after the safety and the quality of the debate. So there's also a big concept to get our heads around when it comes to blended engagement that we are creating good safe places for public discourse and that's probably an area of massive change so those are the seven things that we wrote about in our post i hope it's useful just to to expand on those a little bit in terms of adding them to the podcast by going back and reading them again it also made me think about a few maybe three principles of doing blended approaches to public consultation so first thing was around the sort of equity of distribution. And by that, it's about making sure that when we're doing things online, the way that people are notified and the way that people are kept up to date with new opportunities to take part or new documentation and things like that can be a lot faster. So we need to make sure that if people aren't online, that they're still made aware of this and that they can access these different opportunities. So that's kind of looking at the equity of distribution. Then there's kind of related to that is the equity of information. And that's making sure that when we provide new information, either face-to-face or online, that they're shared between each other. So people can't be left out because they didn't attend a face-to-face discussion and they shouldn't be left out because they only attend things online. So it's thinking about the fair distribution of information and then there's the equity of contribution that people are able to participate in a similar way online and face-to-face and the weight of their contribution isn't diminished by the method of their contribution and also if we do things online that the people who are still seeking to participate by being in, in a public meeting or attending a face-to-face workshop and that those contributions aren't lost to the whole debate that they're still included in the online contributions as well so, so the mechanics of actually weaving the two together become really important so an idea that's shared in a face-to-face meeting can also be presented in a room online where people are sharing ideas so that becomes more important emphasis on the sharing of offline and online contributions to a consultation so I think I even confused myself in that explanation but those are three things to be thinking about in terms of the equity of distribution the equity of information and the equity of contribution. So I hope that was useful. That's the first time I've ever sat here with my headphones I'm talking to myself. So it might have sounded a bit strange. However, I'm hoping that it did give you some useful pointers. And we'll carry on our conversations about the importance of online public consultation and the importance of a blended approach during the years to come. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.